After successfully heisting Keiji Okuda's Grey Box, Gortney and Jin Shepard return to the Normandy to learn more about Morden Solus's troubled past with the Genophage. It gets pretty dark. As a palate cleanser, Shepard decides to go on a revenge shooting spree with Saeed Masani and break biotic superweapon Jack out of the galaxy's least enjoyable cruise ship. In an effort to raise their spirits, the captains of the Normandy decide to meet back up with their old squad mate, Ashley Williams. Surely this will be a pleasant experience. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Asynchronous, a video game catch-up show. My name is AJ. My name is Kim. And today on episode three of season four, we continue to talk about Mass Effect 2. Today we will be talking about the uh, Zaid loyalty mission, The Price of Revenge, uh, the dossiers for the Warlord, and the Convict uh, as well as the Horizon regular mission. I don't know. Main story mission. Story mission. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and that's what. If you haven't played that stuff, play it. Period. Uh, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Cam. How's it going? Uh, really good. Uh, great week this week for for Mass Effect Two. Yeah. Uh, Horizon is like one of my favorite missions just from a, a story perspective. So I was really excited for you to get there. Uh, and cool. I'm really excited to talk to you about it. Yeah, I'm also really excited to talk about it. There's a bunch of other stuff I'm also really excited to talk about that we will get to pretty quickly. But before we get into the regular, the, the horizon of this episode, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, Kim, I'm sure you have some bullshit today. Sure. Um, so I would like to talk about uh, what our current squad mates, including the ones we have picked up and we'll be talking about in this episode, sure. what they'd be like on a dating show. Oh, um, no. Thinking about like sort of a I, I don't actually here's the thing. I've never actually watched a Love Island, but I've watched what I assume are shows like it sure. where uh, they just put a bunch of hot people on in a resort together and see what happens. Mm -hmm. So that's that's kind of what I'm picturing here. Um, and you, uh, any good, uh, reality show like this starts with, um, everybody sort of gathering in one place and yeah. then each person sort of walks in, you know, they have that moment where everybody's like, Ooh, look how hot this one is. Um, <laughs> <Right>. so <laughs> that's mm -hmm. kind of the vibe. So, uh, I want to start off with Jacob because I think he makes a great impression on that walk over Definitely. early favorite everyone thinks he's hot but over time when they talk to him they're like a little less yeah, dazzled and he opens that mouth up. <laughs> I like not because he's not like a nice person at right. first uh, but he's he's just like not that interesting and then I think anyone who gets with him finds out that he's like actually not the best boyfriend and like maybe oh. has a bit of a wandering eye oh. just thinking about what we talked about last week yeah. with respect to Jacob's uh, arc if you romance him wow so that's sort that's sort of how I envision Jacob uh, experiencing the dating show yeah, the walk up is definitely like a oh my gosh, look at this guy. And mm -hmm. I guess just for to to uh, uh, level set, I have watched several seasons of The Bachelor and Bachelorette. Yeah. Um. So there that's that's kind of where I'm coming in and at it from. It's like less of a gamey aspect 
I guess, but that's just, mm-hmm. you know, that's, I mean, that's there's always up. some gimmick. There is. Yeah. There's yeah. definitely a gimmick for sure. Um, but yeah, so, so definitely like the walk up, you know, the, the, the bachelor bachelorette is like, oh my gosh, wow. Look at this guy. He's handsome. Mm-hmm. And then they start talking. He's like, this dude will only talk about work. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, so yeah, I, I totally agree with that take. Mm-hmm. I think Garrus sort of steals Jacob's thunder. Um, when he first walks up, maybe it's like, People like him, but it's it's not as like, oh, wow. OK. But then as you start to get to know him, he's tall, he's mm-hmm. funny, mm-hmm. he's flirty. Everybody loves him. Yeah. Um, the only drawback with Garrus is on in one on one situations, he clams up and all of that charm just like goes out the window and he becomes okay. just like the most awkward dude. Hmm. Just like, huh. I don't know how to talk to people. So, but yeah, I think I, I see um, Garrus doing pretty well. Yeah, I think Garrus rolls up and he's he's the like bow kiss on hand. It's a pleasure Ooh. to meet you kind of guy. Yeah. Um, I don't know why. <laughs> Just to really get that vibe from him. No, I, that's that's correct. <laughs> yeah. And if he like especially knows that it's like a competition or whatever and mm-hmm. there is like a way to win, he's like, this will maximize chances. I'm really curious about why you think in one on one combos he would be like withholding, I guess. Um, I don't think that he's withholding. I think he is just awkward. Mm. And like just doesn't yeah. d- isn't actually as smooth as he would seem to be. I don't want to say why, because if you romance Garrus, I think you'll see for yourself. <laughs> OK, interesting. I guess just from from an outside perspective, I guess, like if you're not asking him questions, he's not really giving you much back. I feel like <sighs> not so much that as like I think he does not know how to respond when it turns out like. All of his flirting actually worked. Uh, Um, Yeah, that's (laughs) that I think is is uh, more the vibe. I I think that he is like he can hold a conversation, but it's like once it starts to like get into like feelings territory, he's like deer in the headlights, you know. Got it. Got it. Yeah. So next up is Miranda. Miranda. Very popular at first, but immediately rejects everyone else because her standards are absurdly high. She's that person who's like, I just don't think there's anyone here for me. I just don't. There's nobody here who, like, I feel that interested in, you yeah. know, that person. That's where I see things going yeah. for Miranda. In my Miranda Bachelor scenario, she shows up. She meets the guy. She's very charming. She goes into the house. And I don't know. Have you ever watched a Bachelor Bachelorette? I've seen like bits of it. Okay, so the way the first night works, it starts around, I don't know, 9 p.m. maybe. And then, you know, every every uh, potential partner shows up. Mm -hmm. They say hello. And then they sit in the house with all of the other contestants until like 4 a.m. Like literally the sun is coming up at the end of that first episode um, as people are sent home. Yeah. So I think once Miranda gets into the house with all of the other contestants, she sees them as contestants. And she just does not speak to them. She is like, I am here. She, she's not here to make friends. She's not here to she make friends. Says Miranda that is in this not game. the one. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. She's not here to make friends. She is here to find love. Uh, and she won't let anybody get in the way of that. And I think she mm-hmm. only makes it maybe a couple of weeks into the season. I think she is like quickly cast as the villain. Yeah. Uh, in, Ooh, in the yeah. edit. Absolutely. That's low hanging fruit. Yeah, but she is like so purposefully disconnected from all the other contestants that the uh, the 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 bachelor bachelorette notices and it's like these are kind of bad vibes. Mm-hmm. Goodbye. 
Yeah, that makes sense to me. <laughs> um, <laughs> Jack, I think she intimidates most of the other contestants. So like nobody. See, I'm envisioning like because I'm envisioning the Love Island scenario. It's yes, like she could do, date yeah. anybody. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but I like I like these two different takes. I think Jack is like she just intimidates everyone except like one absolute puppy dog of a person who doesn't realize that Jack is going to eat them alive. Yeah, they're too naive to see yeah. <laughs> what Jack is putting out. Yeah, and they're like, I just, I feel like I can really see her heart, and I know that yes. she is. <laughs> yes! Oh, like, I wow. know that she is really just, like, a good, kind person underneath that, you know. All those tattoos. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Um, so, I, and I think these, like, they couple up and they stay together for just the duration of the show mm -hmm. because she likes having someone uh, to, like, you know, basically boss around. Um, <laughs> she's like, go get me a drink. But obviously she doesn't let them get close at all. And then, like, either towards the end of the show or immediately after the show, obviously breaks up with them. Murders them. And yeah. Yeah. Maybe murders them also. <laughs> yeah. I think uh, I think in my scenario, Jack rolls up in this like sick ass pantsuit. Mm -hmm. Like it looks great. There's some like, you know, the way that it's buttoned, there's some some midriff exposed. There's some uh, chest exposed so you can see that, you know, her, her tattoos and stuff. It's great. It's a great look. Yeah. Oh, man. I really I, I think. Can I? I think she, yeah. Can I float something? Yes. She meets the bachelor, is not impressed, and it opts out. <laughs> Leaves. Yeah, that's what I was trying to think. I was like, this she's kind of unlike any contestant because every contestant mm -hmm. that goes on the Bachelor or Bachelorette is like looking for love, you know. Yeah. I feel and like aren't they like, all like incredibly normy. Yeah, like a friend a friend signs signs Jack up and she's like, I'm actually not into this at all, so mm -hmm. goodbye. <laughs> Uh, which I think leaves the <laughs> I think leaves the uh, the bachelor bachelorette like broken because they like Im immediately are mm -hmm. like, wow, Intrigued. this person's so intense. I, I'm great. I'm loving the energy. And then they leave yeah, and they're like, they oh, totally... my God, is something wrong with me? Yeah. <laughs> like she totally stands out from the crowd. Yeah. It's like, yeah. God, it would be so cool to see someone like Jack on the bench. <laughs> it would. I mean, I haven't watched in the last few years. I, I'm oh, sure there's okay. no one quite like Jack, but I haven't seen a pantsuit, <clears throat> but I haven't watched in the last couple of years. So. Yeah. Next up, <laughs> we have Morden. Morden obviously is entirely too straightforward and to the point. Cannot flirt at all. Like his version of flirting is like, according to my tests, we're the strongest match. It would be nice for us to couple up. Mm -hmm. And nobody thinks that this is sexy or romantic. So like Morden, yeah. Morden doesn't match with anybody. Yeah. But I, I think that in some way he just he's kind of watching the show with us at some point, just like <laughs> evaluating who's going to get together and um, if it's going to work out. Yeah. Uh, Morton is the kind of guy who sits in that, in, in the room with all the contestants and never makes a concerted effort to actually go talk to the bachelor bachelorette. <laughs> They're just waiting around. He's just waiting around for like his turn, mm -hmm. which never comes. And then is sent home night one because they never <laughs> speak outside the first, the first hello. Do people do that? Oh yeah. Yeah. Wow. People will just like, they'll like wait their turn. And then there are some people who are like, oh, these people, these people are the worst. Uh, and they're just like, you know, nobody's giving me my time. Like I can't like, yeah, I can't even talk to them because <laughs> they're so busy. You know, everybody else is so busy talking to them. And a lot of the contestants in the last few years had, uh, you know, the last couple of years I watched were like, just go 
talk to them. Mm-hmm. Like, no, I don't want to like interrupt somebody else's time, but I'm just blah, blah, blah. It's, it's, oh my God. It's such bad vibes. Is, <laughs> is that where we vibe. get the, um, can I just borrow him for a sec? Oh yeah. That's a, that's a big, <laughs> that's a big thing every time. Cause that's like on night one, that is the only way you're getting time with mm-hmm. the bachelor bachelorette is to interrupt somebody else's time. Yeah. Uh, and so if you don't have that initial drive, even if it's like a two minute conversation, not to get too much into the game theory of bachelor bachelorette, <laughs> But even if it's like a two minute thing, you just need to on the first night, you just need to say hi and make a slightly good impression because they send home like eight people on the first night, I think. Uh, So you really just have to be above the like three ish people who aren't going to speak to the person. And then Mm -hmm. the five, you know, the five less interesting people, you just have to be more interesting than them. Yeah, I love that. I love that insight into uh, (laughs) The Bachelor. I hate that I have it, honestly. (laughs) Uh, I mean, it's better than like I'm pulling from like, oh, what's the one that I on Netflix that I are you too hot to handle too hot to handle? Oh, my God. Are you the one is similar is similar in vibe. Um, Although like the thing with are you the one is like they are so young that it like it really fucks me up and like i don't know they Mm. they just feel like they're all like college aged i'm like this Mm. is too young for you to be like trying to i mean not all of them i guess but like anyway um kasumi yes (laughs) did you i I ask again have you gotten the kasumi line about jacob i have yes the uh uh have you seen that jacob Mm? i think Mm -hmm. it's the whole line yeah. And I think she says, uh, I wonder if he has a thing for Japanese girls with kleptomania. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So Kasumi just like canonically has a crush on Jacob, sure, which sure. is why I uh, am inserting that into the bullshit frequently. Sure, sure, sure. Um, but I do think, therefore, uh, she has in this fictional dating show, she has a crush on Jacob the entire time. Yeah. Um, and it's one of those things where she's like laser focused on him mm. and like does not want to date anyone else. Mm. And everyone's like, he's not into you. So like, why don't you try dating somebody else? Why don't yeah. you? And she's like, no, I don't think I will. I know that Jacob <laughs> and I are meant to be together. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I do have to say every time I see Jacob in the squad select screen, I'm like, what a handsome fella. Like a shame. I'm never going to take him on a mission, but what a handsome guy. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, like, biotics are useful on missions, but... I've got biotics. <laughs> <laughs> I have my own biotics. Yeah, I think... I mean, if Jacob's there, you know, I think I think they're friendly. If contestants have left, like, left the show and, and started dating in real life frequently uh, mm-hmm. after Bachelor, Bachelorette. So I think I think it's kind of that kind of situation where eventually like, you know, Jacob makes it a little bit and he gets he gets thrown off or whatever. I think Kasumi makes it really far because she is just so charming and like Mm -hmm. fun to be around. Yeah. But I don't think she's able to make it to the end because I think I don't know. I feel like she's just like not able to like, quote unquote, open up the way that the contestant wants or the 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 chooser wants them to. That makes sense to me. It's a thing that happens frequently where it's like the 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 and it's usually really arbitrary the bachelor bachelorette has like made their choice like they know who they're gonna pick but they need a reason to send everybody else mm-hmm. home and they're just like there's just something that's like not there for us and it's just like <laughs> you just don't you want to date this other like yeah, you want to marry this other like person. someone else <laughs> um yeah uh, uh so i think i think that happens and i think after the fact jacob and kasumi reconnect mm. uh, and end up together oh i like that yeah um yeah i was picturing more of like a uh like 
specifically in are you the one so for those who don't know how are you the one works the idea is like i don't know how it's matchmakers or an algorithm or something picks like you know there's like 10 guys and 10 girls and they're straight and eventually they like mix it up and have like a season of bisexual people whatever but like uh just taking the original premise 10 guys and 10 girls who are straight and each of them has a perfect match but they like don't know who it is perfect match according to the science or whatever it is that they do on the show and the whole point of the show is to find your perfect match because if they find their perfect matches everybody splits this like big pot of money is it like an all or nothing thing does like everybody have to find their perfect match Mm -hmm. jesus christ yeah (laughs) but very very frequently two people will connect right off the bat or someone will be into someone else who is maybe not as into them. And they'll be like, this is it. We know we're a match, whatever. And then there are ways of, of confirming whether that's true. Um, and very frequently people will find out that they're not a match with someone. And it becomes this thing of like, OK, you need to like go date other people or like, you know, spend time with other people to try and figure out which of them is your quote unquote match. It doesn't matter that you have feelings for this other person because like <laughs> right. that's not going to win us, you it's know, a hundred thousand dollars or whatever it is (laughs) and very frequently people against all reason are like no this is my match and i'm not whatever so like that's what i'm picturing with kasumi being like like i don't want to date other people because i know that like i'm in love with jacob and i think in in this scenario jacob's like i mean listen kasumi i think you're great but like i'm gonna go try and find my perfect match (laughs) i need Um, someone blander please So, yeah, that's uh, sort of what I was picturing. Um, (laughs) Next up is Saeed, who is, I think, abrasive as always, which is a turn off for a lot of potential partners. Mm -hmm. By the end, he really hasn't hasn't met or connected with anyone and is very sad about it. And is we get a lot of those scenes where it's like him chatting with other contestants about like, why is it that he can't seem to find someone? I think he's close with uh, like friendship wise with Jack Garrison Grunt. Sure. And it's clear that they think he's a great guy and they're like, yeah, I guess, you know, I, I'm sorry, dude. Like, <laughs> that sucks. <laughs> yeah, I think um, Zaid rolls up, makes like a, you know, this dude makes an impression from moment one, you know, just just mm-hmm. his, his whole vibe uh, in his loyalty mission. There's like a shot. Uh, like an aerial shot where you see his whole body and you see how he walks. Dude's got the most intense walk I've ever seen in my life. Uh, So if he leaves the limo with that energy, it's like, oh, wow, look at this guy. (laughs) And I think uh, Zaid is the contestant that inexplicably sticks around for like five episodes. Every time (laughs) that he is with the Bachelor Bachelorette, there is no chemistry. He's giving them nothing, but they consistently keep him around and all the other people in the house are like i don't know why zaid is still here but whatever (laughs) um and there are some people who like try to start beef with zaid uh and i think maybe he like Mm -hmm. probably knocks somebody out but it is clearly the other person's like the instigator uh yeah uh, so so they keep zaid around still See, but. I I would like to you have given me an addendum to to my scenario, which sure. is Zaid gets in a physical altercation with someone and gets kicked out of the house. <laughs> yeah. OK, yeah, fair enough. <laughs> yeah. Um. OK, next up, we have Grunt. Grunt is the young frat bro type. 
who um, he's just so inexperienced that he just stumbles all over himself, does mm. not know the right thing to say. <laughs> Anyone who gets close to him learns that he had like kind of a rough upbringing mm. and that he, he like he just he just wants to be loved. And there's a very soft, sweet boy under that hard exterior. Mm. Um, and I, I think it goes well for him. I think he he uh, connects with someone. Mm. Yeah. I mean, his whole thing is looking for purpose, you know, mm-hmm. so I think that translates really well into the into this kind of space, you know, mm-hmm. of just like trying to figure out this person. Cause that's really all you need. You know, you just need the effort. You need to put out the effort to get it back. You know? So, so I think, true. I think, uh, he does really, really well. Maybe, maybe he even makes it to the end. Yeah. Gets proposed to, you know, or I does, see that. does proposing. Yeah. Um, sorry. Finally, I just want to say, you know, what's really fucked up about the bachelor. <laughs> yeah. Let's go. <laughs> or the bachelorette rather <laughs> hear it. the, the winner quote unquote of the bachelorette. So like, you know, it comes down from 30 contestants to the final two. And mm-hmm. in the end, in the end of the bachelor, the bachelor goes and proposes to the woman that he wants to marry in the bachelorette. She stands around and both men individually come to her and are forced to propose. <laughs> Oh, my God. And um, she has to turn one and down. And she has to turn one down. That is the most, like... It's so fucked up. In In the last oh few seasons I watched, God. they did... They, a, a couple of them did wind up going to the guy's room, like, the day of or the night before. Mm-hmm. It's like, look, it's not going to be it. I'm so sorry. Oh, whatever. That's kind. That's better. But there yeah. still have been moments where they make but one of them nearly get down on one knee and then go, no, stop. <laughs> like oh. they have, you know, the whole proposal speech planned and they perform the whole thing. And why then they're just like, no. Why can't she just propose? I know, Kim. <laughs> it's the 21st century. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, that's fucked up. Oh, my it's God. But anyway, it's fucked up. Uh, finally, uh, I put Joker in here. Sure. He is life of the party, um, but he doesn't find love. I think he gets friend zoned. Mm. Not be, not like because of anything that, you know, inherently wrong with him. I think it's just, I don't know. I think it's just how the cookie crumbles. Yeah. In, in, uh, Joker is the guy that everybody in the house loves. Yeah, exactly. But gets no screen time with the Bachelor Bachelorette because they never go on a one on one. They don't spend a whole lot, a lot of time hanging out. But when Joker gets like told like he doesn't get a rose or whatever, everybody in the house is so upset that he's leaving yeah. just because he's friends with everyone. Uh, uh, so I think that's that's the whole vibe. And then and then Joker's the one that shows up in everybody's Instagrams for the next three years. Like he's just <laughs> in every single person's just when they're, when they're at parties or whatever. Joker is also there in the background. I love that. Uh, yeah, so that's uh, that's our dating show. Very excited for it to premiere. Yeah, I love this. <laughs> this. This unlocked a part of my brain that has been dormant for a year and a half or so. I love like, that. I don't think I realized that you had a, a, a bachelor phase of life. I did. And every season I'm like, maybe I'll watch this one again. And mm. it just it got it got really, really like bad uh in the last couple of years just like people who are like full-on manipulators and not in like, not in like the fun game show way like actual yeah. real life like abusers really That's, really b- and the yeah. show like plays it off as like oh they're just a villain but it's like no this is a bad person and you yeah. are irresponsible for putting uh, the bachelor bachelorette in these situations with this person on purpose yeah it's that's bad. that's pretty fucked up i mean all reality tv is yes exploited yes um that's yeah i i enjoy these reality dating shows where it's like oh we're just gonna like 
watch a bunch of people make fools of themselves and you know like <laughs> sure. which is still just as exploitative but um i i like the ones that are just like total trash like yeah. like for example too hot to handle which is just absolute garbage it's like the tv <laughs> equivalent of cotton candy yeah it's fun amazing once again kim thank you so much for the bullshit of course thank you for joining me on this journey oh yeah so uh let's <laughs> now that we're 30 minutes into the show yeah. let's head <laughs> into uh we're gonna do some normandy ship stuff so let's head into the post stealing memory normandy walkabout sure Um, yeah, uh, so, you know, I, there's not a whole lot here, uh, because it's, you know, a DLC mission, so, like, Kasumi stuff changes, uh, there's some different Zaid stuff, um, but Kasumi's like, oh, thank you so much for your help, you know, it was hard to get rid of those memories, but, I'm, you know, it was the right thing to do, uh, but also says that she thinks that Gabby and Ken would make a great couple, but they just are too dense to realize <laughs> it, and then she also says, uh, have you seen Jacob? Mm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I went to check in with uh, Dr. Chakwas after our, our brandy drinking, and she says it was mm-hmm. really great. And it's like, I, I feel like I really like talked a whole lot. So if you have anything you want to say, and Courtney was like, no, it's just really nice to like see you be a person. And Chakwas is like, well, thank you. Uh, we should do this yearly. And mm-hmm. it was like, made my heart sore. It's so sweet. Yeah. I, um, I think I said on stream, I was like, Chakwas, I will drink with you every fucking week like anytime you want <laughs> yeah yeah then kelly chambers talks about kelly Z- chambers. <laughs> talks about zaid being quote surprisingly well adjusted for all the killing he's done um, <laughs> this is like uh yeah uh, i checked my mail and and the i cut it out of the episode because it was a, a nothing um but i had brought up the fact that i got another letter uh about garris mm-hmm. um which was from the like pharmacist or whatever who you Dr. S- Michelle Dr. Michelle right who you save in the very beginning of the game when you meet Garrus mm-hmm. um she was like oh my gosh you're both alive you should come visit the citadel and i don't know if that's like a real invitation or if that's just like flavor or i don't think so i know that i have gotten that letter in the past but mm. i don't think i got it this time around oh. so i'm curious like what decisions i made in mass effect 1 that led to me not getting that letter okay, interesting uh, in this run through Mm. Uh, there's also a note from uh, Shepard's mom that's like, hey, you're alive. Why did you <laughs> like, why did I have to find this out third hand from an alliance like uh, uh, news brief or whatever? I also don't think that I got that. I think that was probably because I did the side mission with the mm-hmm. guy in the Citadel. Um, probably. Yeah. Uh, her old friend, her old squad mate or whatever. Yeah. It's very funny because it's just like you're alive. It's like I'm I'm not mad you didn't tell me, but just like hi and yeah like hi and (laughs) i hope you're doing well right it's very funny and then the real juice of this part for me is i talked to morden okay and he did give me some more information about his past Mm -hmm. oh he so he starts it off with like I have to tell you, I lied, but not really. It's really just a lie. I I took the quote because I I love this this line. He goes, wasn't entirely honest. Lie of omission. Also other kinds. (laughs) So good. Yeah. Uh, So then he he basically says like his work on the genophage was more than just studies Mm -hmm. uh, because his studies revealed that the genophage was failing. 
uh, or, you know, being phased out or whatever, just because yeah, Krogan were adapting to it. Right. Because they adapt and they still reproduce really fast. So so all this stuff was was being evolved out in a way shorter time period. Mm hmm. So he made a new genophage and then distributed it via curve, a covert ops, uh, mm -hmm. such as poisoning watering holes and stuff. Yeah. Uh, man, that's fucked yeah. up. Yeah. I, I think also there is there's a lot of dialogue here that there's so many interesting things going on here, first yeah. of all. So D Morden's justification for why he thinks the genophage is a good thing is that the he's like the alternative would be genocide yeah whereas in this case the crow can get a chance to continue yeah. and you know and i'm like that is the closest thing to a justification that i could find which like kudos to the writers for like really thinking this through and like yeah presenting this as something that like okay but like <laughs> It's yeah. obviously still incredibly fucked up. And Morden is, I think, wrong here. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that there is also evidence that like, yeah, OK, that might be the way that you justify it to yourself, Morden. But it's also very clear that Morden has anti-Krogan bias. Mm -hmm. For example, you can ask him, oh, you know, did they is it something that like a Krogan, Krogan scientist, scientist did yeah. that? Uh, and, uh, you know, to like change the genophage. And Morden says he like laughs at that and says, never met a Krogan scientist worthy of the term. He also says, uh, and this is awful, Krogan as a whole, violent, aggressive, still have outliers worth saving. Oh, yeah, isn't that? Bad. Yeah, it's yeah, bad. it's real bad. The idea that like, well, there are some good ones and that's why they're worth saving. Not yeah. it is inherently like not our place to decide whether an entire species deserves to live or die. Yeah, yeah. Well, the, yeah. The, the, the thing that's complicated about it is the correct answer is to not use a species as a weapon in the first place. So. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, this is ugh, this conversation is really yeah. I, I'm curious. What was what was Gortney's reaction? Gortney did not pass judgment. Oh, okay. uh, it was like a thank you for telling me we need to be honest with each other because I, you know, her saying this was a, a like this was wrong. This was a bad mm -hmm. thing. I don't feel like really I don't know. In a way, I feel like it's not really her place to say. And it's also like a thing that is already happened uh mm -hmm. that he like feels bad enough to lie about i think that's interesting i hadn't thought about him lying as as a sign of of regret yeah so like her saying this was a fucked up thing i can't believe you did this doesn't really there there is no like net positive from that you know so she's just like thank you for telling me we need to be honest with each other in in a crew and then and then leaves interesting but man <laughs> Jin Jin was very much like the genophage was wrong and you shouldn't have done that. Sure. And uh, like the way that I justified it to myself was that Jin is like one thing that I'm sort of thinking about in this mission or in this game is that like Jin is very, very loyal to his squad mates from Mass Effect one mm. and a little more skeptical of squad mates that are sure. new to him in this sure. game. And so I think the idea of Morden being like very pro genophage, like when Jin is such good friends now with Rex, mm. um, I think that he would even in his heel turn would would still think that this is fucked up yeah. and and would be very defensive of Rex and sure. the Krogan in general, especially now that he has a Krogan son. But um, 
Yeah. <laughs> Which we'll get to. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that that's sort of where I was coming from with why Jin takes a stand yeah. on this when he's been so... Um, stinky otherwise <laughs> yeah which i think makes a lot of sense I, th- I think that that makes a lot of sense and i think that is a good justification for 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 saying these things but i think Courtney right now is in a place of like every time she like somebody figures out she's with cerberus she has to be like i'm not i'm just building a team and so i think her head space right now is mm-hmm. just trying to create focused on the mission good vibes within the team mm-hmm. and also she knows that she knows or or at least uh, feels that that Morden feels like has like misgivings about the genophage uh, now that it is in the past and being mad about it isn't really going to change anything because it's already done. And I don't know. That's that's kind of how I'm feeling. Interesting. So uh, just on that note, Jin, the the way that the conversation ends with Jin and Morden is Jin calls Morden unforgivable sure. um, or like what he did is unforgivable. And Morden says, no apologies, did what is right or what was right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And I mean, if he sees the only other alternative as genocide, then yes, he mm-hmm. did do what was right. You know, like, yeah, he knows he was he was so in the special task group that he had the highest level clearance. So he knows how this group works. And I think if I think if he sees the only other uh, the only other solution as genocide, mm-hmm. then I think he is probably right. And that would be the only that would be the other solution if if they didn't uh didn't keep up this genophage, which is a sh- mm-hmm. it's a fucked up thing yeah. to say. But the genophage, like the, the fact that the Krogans were uplifted at all is a fucked up thing. Um, right. It's just got so many layers and like Morden is not responsible for the up uplifting or whatever. I don't think I don't really know how long ago that was. No, he wouldn't have been. Solarian lifetimes are very short. They're like 40 but, and the Krogan, years, yeah. yeah, the Krogan, um, like the Rachni Wars were much longer Oh, right. Ago. It's the Rachni. It's like thing. thousands of years ago. Yeah, I think so because people thought the Rachni were gone and when we found the yeah. Rachni Queen, it was like, oh my God. Yeah, because that was, yeah, yeah, because the Rachni Queen was around when mm-hmm. the Protheans and stuff were. Anyway. Right. So the genophage is a fucked up thing. I'm not saying that it's a right thing, but I think if Morden sees the only other solution being genocide, then I think he's probably correct in that. Um, yeah, like that is the the only way of, I think, justifying it. That it's not is a great not justification, like completely to be morally repugnant, but like the whole situation is morally yes. repugnant. Yes. So it's like, yes. like, OK, great. You made the the least terrible choice <laughs> out of a bunch of terrible choices that you laid out for yourself by making a terrible choice. <laughs> right. Um, anyway, uh, so, gross. yeah, that's a wild conversation. I'm just so interested in Morden's story uh especially now that grunt is on board uh Mm -hmm. i'm really curious to see how that manifests um but anyway i did a whole lot of uh planet resource grabbing Mm -hmm. uh so much so that i was able to upgrade the cannon and the armor before i did uh uh, zaid's mission so uh we're fully kitted out the only thing left is the med bay which i think just gets rid of your scars does it do anything like mechanically or is it just that Um, cosmetic thing remember okay i i i actually don't remember i think i do i think i sort of just have done all of the ship upgrades sure. just to be safe in the past so i i've never even evaluated whether they were all necessary <laughs> <laughs> yeah well part of me is like i don't want to do it because i want Gort to keep those six scars you know yeah that's the thing i i have been so a, th- a weird thing about the scars is that if you continue if you continue to like up your renegade uh level the scars they start to uh 
get more noticeable and they glow red yeah. and then also your shepherd's eyes glow red what i didn't know about the eyes mm-hmm. it's so silly that's so good <laughs> and i i don't know how i feel about it yeah. i always fix the scars and mm. i'm still deciding if i'm gonna leave them on gin because i here's the thing i want the scars i don't want the red eyes yeah it's kind of fucking. that's so stupid <laughs> yeah well it's this is the age of infamous right like the playstation 3 game infamous um, i don't know it was a game it was like i wasn't around back then <laughs> It was like uh, uh, one of the first games post Mass Effect to have like a good evil system. So like you do good stuff, you shoot blue lightning. And then if you do bad stuff, you shoot red lightning oh. uh, and you get different powers depending on the more good and bad stuff you do. Uh, so I think this is a direct response to people thinking it was cool and infamous. <laughs> Being like, oh, they must want this in space as well. <laughs> yeah, it's wild. Gordy's are glowing red, even though she's like almost triple the amount paragon than renegade i i I, i'm very curious about why they're still red yeah that is weird yeah but anyway so that's all the ship stuff uh so now we can move on to uh the zaid loyalty mission the price of revenge yes this mission is good I brought Morden. Morden, okay. I brought Morden with me. Yeah, I think Morden has been my my secondary because I'm, you know, Gortney's biotic, and then I'll usually bring like a soldier-ish person mm-hmm. and and Morden um as as my tech. I brought Miranda. I think that was my choice, which mm-hmm. I did because um I just wanted to make sure I had someone who could like take down shields and stuff yeah but after that i because i've been streaming this i started having chat choose my squad mates for me oh fun and it's been really really fun so um i'm excited to talk about that but i think this one was my was my pick i love that um in this case so yeah miranda and zaid yeah uh so you roll up to this mission with zaid and you find some dead bodies uh he very quickly jacks into like the the enemy comms stuff mm-hmm. uh and you hear uh a man named Vito. i did not take note of his last name because for some reason i never do Vito santiago Vito santiago uh so you you start hearing Vito over the comms being like oh a ship just landed we gotta get people over there check it out blah 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 uh and you find some dead just some other dead people who look zaid says have been shot in the back and then you do a bunch of shooting and you get to a bridge and as you're rolling the bridge out zaid signals for you to stop for some reason and then we hear Vito over the over the comms again saying like we have to send more guys at them blah 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 mm-hmm. just to set the stage for for this whole mission because yeah. i i forget if we talked about it when we picked up zaid yeah so yeah, yeah. what he tells you is that he had taken a mission to go to this planet zoria and live liberate a refinery which is being uh, um held by the blue sun's mercenary yeah. group okay and it's like oh once you know once we do that we can Continue the mission. It yeah. turns out what's really happening here is that he wants revenge on Vito for reasons that uh, will be illuminated shortly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, right now. Uh, so he, he basically says like, oh, Vito's just as ruthless now as he was when we started the Blue Suns, uh, <laughs> which was like, I'm sorry. Wait, what? 
Excuse me? Um, so apparently Zaid and Vito, uh, mm-hmm. best buddies, started the Blue Suns uh, over 20 years ago. And then uh, Vito started hiring Batarians because they were cheaper labor. But Zaid was like, no, they're terrorists because humans and Batarians, the mm-hmm. whole thing at Skillion Verge, right? Yeah. So yeah, um, it. <laughs> I, it, there's there's more details in the Codex, which I, I took a look at last night. Mm. Basically, the... They they started the Blue Suns as sort of like a protection racket in the Skillian Verge. Oh, um, but then Vito uh, wanted to yeah hire Batarians. I also read on one of the wikis that Vito like wanted to get involved in the slave trade, which I don't oh. I don't know if that's accurate, but it could be. Yeah. Um. So and so that's where the two of them started to have a difference of opinion, and mm. it culminated in a, an incident where Vito shot. Zaid in the face and that's yeah. why Zaid has like one I guess false eye and um a huge scar on his face yeah the fuck to, it's just like it wasn't he just shot him in the face it was he had him restrained and then shot oh, him that... point blank in the face Jesus uh to which Gordon was like how the fuck did you survive getting shot in the face point blank mm-hmm. and he says a stubborn enough person can survive just about anything you survived getting uh shot to dust by a collector ship yeah uh and then says rage is a hell of an anesthetic <laughs> like fucking geez man yeah he's uh, so hardcore yeah put some edge sauce all over my fucking edge edgelord <laughs> wings you know I, jesus christ so then uh we we put the bridge out the rest of the way there's some more dudes uh and you meet Vito up at the door to the refinery i guess mm-hmm. and you're he's talking to you Vito is yelling down to Zaid he's like look if you shoot like you're gonna get if you try and shoot me right now you're gonna get fucking mm-hmm. outgunned so you know let's just chat or whatever and and I do just want to say um Vito wiped Zaid out of the like history of the Blue Suns mm-hmm. 20 years ago Zaid looks like he's like 50 and Vito looks like he's like 20 <laughs> like Vito looks yeah. so young Said uh aged like like a fine milk yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I don't know what it is this dude looks just like such a little uh, uh like a soft little man but anyway so halfway through saying like don't shoot me or I'll kill you Zaid shoots uh, behind Vito and he's like ah, ha, ha, mm-hmm. your vision's going in your old age and then fucking <laughs> starts like smashing this valve or whatever mm-hmm. which then opens up you know uh, like like messes with the pressure so that he's able to start it blowing up the fucking refinery mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Vito's like oh we should leave <laughs> uh, and then in this moment Gortney is like yo what the, yeah, what fuck, the fuck is dude? going on man and he's like I gonna kill this guy no matter what um he says he's gonna do it uh, uh no matter what the cost and Courtney's like well the mission my our mission here is to save the workers and Zaid says no my mission is to kill Vito and she's like okay well fuck that and that you know he he runs in and and you follow uh and there's a couple more shootings and, and then you find a worker runs across a bridge sorry yes I just wanted to say what Jin did. Oh, yeah. Sorry. I forgot. Different things. Yeah. So uh, Jin, I really struggled with this one because I was like, Jin is is pretty renegade. And so I wasn't sure. I like waffled for a while over whether Jin was mm. like, like how he was going to react to this. Right. And I think he was kind of like 
if I recall correctly, he was like, okay, well, you need to tell me before you're going to do shit like this. <laughs> yeah. Um, at first. But then, yeah, I guess we're leading up to like the big decision. Yeah. Which is here. Why don't you continue? And then I'll. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Talk um, about that. Yeah. So, so a guy, one of the workers runs out on the bridge and is like, please help us. The, the whole thing's going to blow. We can't, we can't get to the extinguishers or whatever. Like, please help. And Zaid is like, no, fuck you. We're going this way to go get Vito. And Courtney is like, no, fuck you. <laughs> We're going to save the workers, uh, which is the choice that Courtney does wind up making uh, for the group, which Zaid mm-hmm. is not very happy about. Yeah, um, that is ultimately the decision that I came to with Jen as well. Because like, yeah, I uh, he's, you know. He is the way that he is, but I think that that is largely uh, his frustration is largely directed to like authority and people with power. Mm. And so I was like, I don't think um, I remember Chase was in chat. Our good friend Chase from Video Game Podtimism was in chat at the time. Um, hi Chase. And he was like, I don't even think that Jin would like go along with Zaid's like personal vendetta against mm-hmm. this guy. And I was like, that is, yeah, that's probably accurate. So yeah, we also went to save the workers. Yeah. We'll talk more about the stakes of this decision <laughs> later. Yeah. So, so we choose to go save the workers. Um, I thought this sequence was really cool. Um, mm-hmm. it's like pretty basic but like there's yeah there's stuff blowing up all over the place you have to like change the direction of of gas so that you can walk through fire and stuff it's very cool the stakes feel really high um there was Mm -hmm. no like countdown or whatever but in my head i was like feeling a countdown Mm -hmm. uh which which is cool so then you you but you do just get to a computer and then you hit the turn fire off button and then Mm -hmm. it's all okay and it's all fine um it's very funny uh so you save all the workers it's great zaid's very upset about it you run out to the back um and after a couple more waves of of baddies you make it to a it's not a helipad but you know it's it's a place where essentially yeah the the, the ships take off from and uh vito is starting to fly away in a gunship uh zaid unloads an entire clip Mm -hmm. from his assault rifle into the uh, or at the direction of the ship, winds up shooting the guy next to Vito, which I thought was a <laughs> chef's yeah. kiss. That was a really great touch. Uh, and then the like red hot uh, like clip or whatever from his his uh, assault rifle falls out, and he begins yelling at Shepard of like, I can't mm-hmm. like this is your fault. Like you made the wrong choice. Blah blah blah. Yeah, it's 20 like twenty years. years. Yeah. yeah, twenty years yeah. of planning and tracking all for nothing etc etc and Gorton is like cool it like it's whatever uh and then the it turns out that the hot bullet or whatever landed in some oil and sets off an explosion <laughs> on the mm-hmm. on the landing pad pinning Zaid underneath a heavy piece of metal which Gortney uses as leverage mm-hmm. <laughs> to say look I'm sorry you didn't get your guy that's not what we're doing anymore. We like we 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 are trying to save the galaxy. Uh, mm-hmm. There are bigger things at stake than your 20 year grudge. And I'm sorry that you couldn't get your guy, but we tried and that was all you asked. So you're going to work with us or or or, or not. Uh, mm-hmm. To which Zaid kind of felt like really quickly for me just was like, yeah, OK, fine. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, so all of that dialogue that you described is a paragon yes. 
yes. charm option yes. that you need to have sufficient Paragon points to unlock. Mm. And I was very worried when I made the decision. And by the way, like if you don't, if you don't do that, yeah. if you decide to save the workers and you don't have enough Paragon points to do that, you do not get Zaid's loyalty at the end of this mission. Right. That is a mechanic that happens not in every loyalty mission, but in some where the decisions that you make, even if you complete the mission, you can do that without gaining the loyalty of your squad mate. And that can have repercussions down the line. Mm. So I was very worried that Jin would not have sufficient Paragon points to do this. And thankfully, somehow he did. I nice. guess it's, he had enough from Mass Effect 1 and then the pair like because I made Paragon choices along the way, even though it's been primarily Renegade. Yeah. Um, and so thankfully it worked out. But yeah. I was I was preparing myself for the possibility that I was not going to have Zaid's loyalty. Mm, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the choice to save the workers, I think, gets you like 22 Paragon points or it's yeah. wild. It's so many. Yeah. But no, but but uh yeah, so I I guess that'll be a question for later of like, what does it mean to not have the loyalty in, in the suicide mm -hmm. mission? But we'll... Yeah, we'll discuss it. We'll get there. Um, yeah, uh, so then <laughs> Gortney just fucking like, like with her pinky, just like lifts the fucking metal thing off of Saeed like it weighs nothing. Uh, mm -hmm. It's like, all right, let's go. Uh, and then uh, and then you leave and that's the end of the mission. <laughs> Congratulations. The price yep. of revenge is... Uh, I was trying to think of a joke and I c could not. So that's <laughs> it. That is the mission. <laughs> uh, nice. <laughs> yeah. So uh, back on the Normandy, nobody has anything interesting to say. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's because these are DLC missions. Yeah. Um, they like the nothing updates in yeah. between them. Yeah. I think um, Kasumi says something like, wow, I can't believe you were able to like, you know, talk Zaid mm -hmm. off this, this cliff or whatever. Um, but nothing else is really even Zaid. I don't even really think has like a unique line. I think he might have one line that's like happy to be on the team or something. <laughs> it's just very <laughs> funny. Um, yeah. So uh, I did some more digging and stuff uh, on the ship this time, but not not for anything. Uh, and then we head to Corliss for the dossier of the warlord. Mm hmm. I think it's very funny uh, if you read the description of Corliss. It says it's, the, it's ranked second in murders per capita, which I think is just a really <laughs> funny metric to have for yeah. a planet. Um, horrifying. Entire planet. Yeah. Yeah. So it, just to, to set the stage yes. for this one, um, you're looking for Okir, who is a um, a Krogan warlord who fought in the Krogan rebellions. Krogan live like a thousand years, like they yeah. have the same lifetime as an Asari. So um, that's why <laughs> he was around for that. So he is um, obsessed with curing the Genophage. Um, so he's supposedly he's, <laughs> so he's on uh, Corliss, which is a, a blue sun's camp. The mercenary group is there's like a high ranking member of the mercenary group here named um Jador, yeah. who is trying to build a um a Krogan army for herself uh, and suppo supposedly has like hired Okir to help her, except Okir does not care about what she's doing at all. He's mm -hmm. just trying to um, supposedly cure the genophage. Yeah. So that's that's where we're at uh, at the beginning of this mission. Yeah. As we land on Corliss. Yeah, we land on Corliss. We roll up and are immediately fired upon. <laughs> I brought Garrus and Morden with me. 
this is where I started having chat choose for me yeah. and chat chose Morden and Kasumi, which was a fun pairing. Interesting. But they are both very squishy. Yeah. So I was a little worried about that. But I've been playing on easy mode. I, I said uh, I, I meant uh, Garrus and Kasumi. So not Morden. I thought it would be interesting to have Morden, but I felt weird about it because it's a, a Krogan warlord and I didn't want things to get too... <laughs> So uh, having Morden was actually very interesting. I got like a little bit of dialogue that I took note of so we can okay, discuss cool. it when we get to that point. Great. So yeah, you roll up, you're fired upon by some blue suns, and then you find a wounded blue sun who is like screaming about bleeding out. And he's like, oh my God, mm-hmm. I'm going to die here. And Garrus is like, it doesn't look that bad. And she, Courtney's like, do yeah. not tell him that. Yeah. <laughs> in this case, in my case, it was Morden who was like, his injuries are not going to kill him. Yeah. Um, so you roll up to this guy and Courtney's just like oh wow i got a i got a fresh med kit here if you need if you give me some information blah 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 and he basically tells you that there's like the the lab uh has just been like throwing out these crazed krogans that are just like engineered to kill mm-hmm. and it's not like what the plan is so they've been basically just hunting krogan on this on this on Corliss. and then he gets a call on his thing uh or, you know on his comms that's like hey have you seen the latest like group of of krogan and courtney's like oh your friends are asking for directions he's like i haven't i haven't seen anybody he's like yeah but you could tell him and i will not kill you uh and so he says like he sees them on the east side or something and and whatever uh and sends them away uh which i assume made a part later easier for me i don't know when it would be but i i assume that's what that does i think it's the same either way so uh, or maybe if you don't have the paragon or renegade points yeah maybe there's more Mm. enemies or something but um You know, the Paragon option basically has them stand down and the um, Renegade one, which Jin also chose, has has you convince this guy to misdirect them basically into, you know, a bloodbath. Yeah, yeah. So then you send the guy away and you make your way forward and you find a lone Krogan uh, being shot at. And when you save him, he talks in these kind of like broken sentences because he, you come to find out that he has only been alive for seven mm-hmm. days. Uh, and so, you know, you learn that these Krogan are being tube bred, mm-hmm. you know, grown in a tube and then just like fed information via, you know, technology. <laughs> but he says he heard a voice in his head that he called father and that he was uh, the voice was disappointed before he was even birthed because he was not perfect. Mm-hmm. And he says the only things that he could uh, uh, remember, like the only directions he were he was ever given were survive, resist, ignore. Uh, mm-hmm. But he doesn't really know why he's alive. He just feels <laughs> he feels the need to kill, but doesn't really know why. Right. But he says something about the way we smell is different, mm-hmm. which I thought was interesting. But I guess it's just because they're. I'm not we're not from Corliss, so we don't smell like the blue yeah. suns. I, I wasn't sure if that yeah. was like a we have like residue of Rex on us or something, but like <laughs> Oh, that's interesting. But we you know, we were fully vaporized and it's a totally new ship, so Rex is nowhere near right, any of right. anything. Yeah, I, I think it probably is that where he's like, I can tell that you're like not these people yeah. because you don't smell like them. Yeah. And then you ask about, you know, you can just ask about all the all the science stuff Mm -hmm. and you ask about Jador and he says that it's a name that he hates and he's not sure why, Mm -hmm. but it also causes laughter. (laughs) Very interesting. Yeah, that was all I got out of that conversation. Was there a. Uh, just one thing I can add. You can ask him to come with you. Oh. And he's like, no, I can't do that. And he says, I am not perfect, but I have purpose. Mm. 
and I guess that purpose is to kill blue suns. Um, so yeah, so he doesn't come with you. Interesting. But chat really wished that he would have come with me and so did i because mm-hmm. he's a, he's a nice boy he seemed he seemed sweet i mean besides yeah. besides the i have no thoughts except the desire to kill um mm-hmm. he seems great <laughs> <laughs> so you know you run you do some more shooting there's some more guys uh and i run into here i don't know if you did mm-hmm. in the science office or you know med bay whatever it is there is a woman and a sorry uh who is the one that we saved mm-hmm. from saren's lab <laughs> Ranathanoptis. Yeah. So it's just very funny that she's there. Mm-hmm. Um, she and she just kind of explains to you that uh, <laughs> like, hey, why am I finding you here? Like, mm-hmm. couldn't you have found somewhere nicer to be that like isn't connected <laughs> to criminal activity? And she's like, well, no, like O'Kear's methods are extreme, but he's trying to do something good. Um, mm-hmm. So she also thinks that like he is trying to cure the genophage or whatever. It's just like very wild and and uh, there wasn't a whole lot i got out of that except except for that that kind of uh, uh mm-hmm. sentiment and courtney's like all right well you should leave and she's like oh yeah i'm not sticking around you're probably gonna blow this place up or something i know how you work uh <laughs> yeah it's very funny so then after some more shooting you finally come across warlord okir uh mm-hmm. who is a lot <laughs> yeah he is a lot he is a lot uh he's just talking about like he's I, I didn't take notes of the specifics, but at the end of it, he he basically all the stuff he's saying is just like he's not trying to cure the genophage per se. Mm-hmm. He is trying to create one perfect soldier that he can then use as a like the basis of cloning or whatever breeding or whatever mm-hmm. so that all the the next Krogans are perfect as well. Right. Really fucked up. Really, really mm-hmm. fucked up. Um, <laughs> but he says that he's been giving his his uh, cast offs to Mm-hmm. Uh, Jador and that you know they only live for seven days and he feeds them information and so he's very he knows what a not perfect version looks like so he can just like flush them out or whatever mm-hmm. and the th- the one of his final lines in in this in this thing is uh i acquired knowledge to create one pure soldier with that i will inflict upon the genophage the greatest insult an enemy can suffer to be ignored uh, such a good which line. is a really good fucking line dude yeah um but also like geez man like this is a lot <laughs> this is a lot because yeah. he says um <laughs> he basically calls all surviving krogan snowflakes um because he's like <laughs> wow they think they're all so special because they're all one in a thousand like you know since they just they're just special because they were born so they're like coddled mm-hmm. from birth or whatever we need perfect soldiers in order to fight back it's, it's just, just like geez dude like holy shit yeah that's a lot and so then as you're talking to him and he's like, I will I will come with you if if you can, you know, if I can take my guy with me. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I don't not I'm unclear exactly what happened here, but it's it's like Jador like starts venting in poison gas or something or like yeah. turns off the filtration system or something. Yeah, it's I think it's like a poison okay. gas situation where like she's just trying to destroy us all. OK. Um, uh, and so he's like, oh, she's she's so weak. She won't even like face me. She'll just, you know, gas me out and my perfect soldier uh, mm-hmm. and then tells you to go fight her and you do and then you win and then you come back. And he is dead. Uh, But as you approach the tube of the perfect soldier, there is like a screen there that he had recorded his final message on Mm -hmm. that says, you know, take take my guy with with you and, you know, help the the Krogan people and et cetera, et cetera. So we don't wind up getting the warlord, but we do get Grunt, who who we'll get to in a moment. Uh, Yeah. 
Um, I do want to uh, touch on what is discussed with the squad before we because it's sort of like presented as a choice of whether you take the tank. Or oh, not. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so Kasumi says after all he's done, he was willing to die to save this thing must be valuable. Morden says delusional, unlikely one Krogan, however strong, could have impact Okir wanted. Almost certain. Hmm. <laughs> That is an interesting uh, line. He says, suggest leaving it. And Jin's like, I'm aware of your bias regarding the Krogan. Hmm. I decide what best serves our mission. Eesh. Yeah. Clapped back, um, my man. Yeah. I I, I loved uh, that. Yeah. Uh, in the in the headcanon of how Jin is uh, experiencing yeah, this. Yeah, it's, it's almost as if Jin is taking Grunt out of spite because Morden <laughs> said something. He's like, oh, yeah, fuck, exactly. fuck you. We are taking him. Um, yep. Yeah, Kasumi <laughs> says the same thing for me of like, you know, it could be valuable to have have a Krogan crew member. And Gordon, he's mm-hmm. like, yeah, I mean, it, it could be nice to have a Krogan on our side. And Garrus says uh, after after Courtney's like, yeah, it could be helpful. He says uh, if he accepts. I doubt anyone asked his opinion, uh, mm-hmm. which is, I think, an, also a really good line because uh, yeah. the dude was just created and oh, maybe he doesn't want to be used as a weapon of war. Right. But uh, but yeah. So then we bring him aboard the Normandy. Uh, mm-hmm. Miranda is very, very worried about it. Yeah. And Gordon's like, nah, fuck you. Uh, it's fine. <laughs> mm-hmm. I will decide what to do uh, because I am. Courtney Shepard. <laughs> um, <laughs> there's uh, there's sort of a discussion of like what happens if like, you know, you open up the tank and it ends up being like a problem. Mm-hmm. Like, how are we going to control it? And Jen is like, you know, if if need be, we'll vent the hold. Yeah. And, you know, <laughs> and just destroy it. And uh, Miranda's like, there are crew members down there. <laughs> Um, you know, and Jin is basically like the crew are replaceable. Jesus Christ, <laughs> yeah, man. Um, intense, but does does fit the vibe for him right now. So. I, I think Courtney was just like, I'll figure it out. Like if something goes wrong, yeah. I'll take care of it. Uh, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah. This is also the point where uh, my friends in chat, Adam and Aaron, pointed out to me something about the mission complete screen. Okay. <sighs> And I'm going to I'm going to ruin it for you now the way it was ruined for me. So if you next time you're on that screen, just take a look. Recall, it shows the elusive man. We see him from behind sitting on a chair, looking out at the dying sun that is the backdrop to his office. Leg crossed, cigarette in hand. Yeah. Yeah. It sure looks like. (laughs) Oh, no. Like it's him sitting in a chair, but it kind of looks like he has three crab legs <laughs> <laughs> and sits on them on a little oh. swivel oh my gosh um adam and aaron said this to me and absolutely rocked my entire shit because now i cannot unsee it that's so funny and then uh our friend Stephen hilger of uh into the aether fame chimed <laughs> in i love three leg tim <laughs> Oh shit, man. Um, so yeah, the if I have to see it every time I get the mission complete screen, now all of you do too. It's three leg Tim, our good buddy and uh benefactor. God, that's so good. Thank you, Adam and Aaron, for that. Jeez Louise. (laughs) (laughs) So uh I immediately go down to the cargo hold. (laughs) I don't even think about it for a moment. 
Um, and I wake the Krogan up. Uh, Edie has some, there's some conversation with Edie about like, yeah, she's not. Yeah. She's like, this is not like a super great idea. Like Cerberus wants you to bring them back to their base so they can do some experiments and stuff. And Courtney's like, fuck you. This is my ship, uh, and my mission. And I am waking him up. And Edie's like, okay. (laughs) Um, uh, and she tells you like, you know, or Courtney asks like, is he aware? Like whatever. And, And Edie's just like, I wasn't really able to. Like he's alive, but it doesn't seem like likely that he's like awake. She's like, okay, well, let's let's turn him on, uh, and then we see him wake up, and he, he falls out of the tube and immediately charges Shepard and mm-hmm. uh, pins them to a wall, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and is like, uh, "Where am I? Who are you? Uh, let me know so that I can kill you and move on." Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, Gordney introduced herself as Gordney Shepard, uh, captain of the Normandy. Uh, I think what he says is, before I kill you, I need a name. And so oh, yes. you, you introduce yourself and and he says, no, I I need a name for me. I was not given a name and basically remembers. Uh, and I think it's in some of the dialogue you get with Okir, um, remembers that Okir called him a grunt. And so he says grunt works, you know, that is as good a name as any. Mm. Um, (laughs) and, uh, he says, warlord, legacy grunt. Grunt was among the last. It has no meaning. It'll do. Which is so interesting because grunt does have meaning. (laughs) It does. It absolutely does. And it's, it's arguably the opposite of what grunt was intended to be. Right. It's just (laughs) so, so odd. Yeah. But, um, in any event, he says, I am grunt. If you are worthy of your command, prove your strength and try to destroy me. There it is. And Shepard asks, why do you want me to kill you? And um, Grunt's like, I don't I don't want you to kill me, but I what I am meant to do is fight. And, you know, what I want is sort of beside the point. Yeah, I think it's really interesting. He tells you that Okir's implementation of a want failed. So he was only able to like input the like feeling of wanting to kill mm-hmm. but there's no reason behind any of like the, right. the feelings that grunt feels right what okir wanted was for for grunt to want to sort of like avenge yeah the krogan yeah and he doesn't he doesn't feel that at all he doesn't feel anything it's it's wild yeah. and and so uh mm-hmm. Gordon basically tells him like if you you know you'll find purpose among my crew uh, our mm-hmm. enemies are like worthy opponents or whatever yeah and he's like all right fair enough <laughs> <laughs> so it's i think grunt is such an interesting character yeah yeah i just wanted to add what what yeah, jin yeah, says yeah. is i pick the renegade option which is you know i'm your purpose i'm you know i'm the one who released you like follow my command and i'll give you a purpose yeah and grunt sort of like respects that because he's like wow i didn't know humans could be so forceful and before we discuss grunt in general i just wanted to point out um the way that this conversation ends is it's been like very close shots of both of their faces throughout this conversation and then at some point as grunt is like okay fine i'll join your crew and i will release you and not uh, try to kill you we get like a wider shot that shows that shepherd has had a gun held up to to grunt the entire time did you miss that no yeah i missed that yeah that happens that you've probably taken a note or something yeah (laughs) yeah that that is shown at the end it's a really good little moment um and grunt's like okay i respect that (laughs) (laughs) and releases him wow 
yeah I, i'm i'm so the characters in this game rule they're so good yeah. they're so yeah. like nuanced and i think this take on like a a super soldier that's been created mm-hmm. um not having like a reason to want any of the things they're right. programmed to do is so fucking cool Mm-hmm. It's so good. I think I'm I'm really, really excited uh, to explore more of that. He says some stuff in a later Normandy scene uh, that we will get to uh, that I also really, really like. But for now, let's get off the Normandy again. We're heading to Purgatory mm-hmm. for the uh, Convict dossier. Hell yeah. Yeah, so I will set the stage again yes. for this one. Um, yeah, that's the, I, I really value. I'm really value these parts because, like, I read the message. Yeah, when it when it happens, but I it's there's so much that's like I don't even know what's going on. I'm, I'm so it's much. easy to have your eyes glaze over and just be like, okay, I'm going here next. Right, I'll see yeah. what happens, yeah. and I I absolutely do that too. So this is like me reminding myself. Yes, thank <laughs> like you. What why we're doing this and these things in the first place? So um, this is another one of your dossiers. You're supposed to pick up a con named Jack, rumored to be the most powerful human biotic ever encountered. Um, There's very little data about Jack, um, except that the subject has a history of violence and should be approached carefully. Um, Jack is being held on a Turian prison ship called Purgatory. It is like a very high security prison, but Cerberus has negotiated for the release of this particular prisoner. Mm -hmm. So as soon as you arrive, you know, typical uh, you know, prison stuff. They want you to get rid of all your weapons and then mm-hmm. typical Spectre stuff. Courtney's like, no, fuck you. Nope. Uh, and then the warden shows up as as the guards are kind of about to give you a hard time. The warden's like, it's fine. I guess, you know, it's just like regular procedure, but you don't have to. Mm-hmm. Warden Kirill, worth worth noting, and uh, tells you that the package is being prepared. Uh, they just have to thaw them out. Uh, mm-hmm. And... But he just like gives you a tour of the facility, yeah. which is really icky. Yeah. All of the prisoners are kept like their their quarters. Each are these like self-contained pods. And Curl says that he sometimes like just ejects them from the ship to make examples of people, just like sends them out into space to die. Yeah. And yeah, it's it's a very high security situation. And um Jack as with many of the like most dangerous criminals in there is um in cryo yeah so the warden takes you like halfway in and it's like all right now just head head up past the supermax wing and then you'll you'll get you'll get your package uh you're like okay cool and then he leaves and leaves you to just kind of wander this fucking Mm -hmm. supermax prison he also tells you before this uh, uh about like the reason that he started right. this prison is because he wanted to be able to like hold prisoners and get them off of the planets that they like did crimes on. But then immediately follows that up with, but only if the <laughs> only if the planet pays to keep them here. Uh, mm-hmm. And if they don't pay, I send them back without any notice or any sort of like timeline. So he just like mm-hmm. randomly will send these criminals back to the planet that they were taken from and hangs that as like a threat to get the planet to pay for it. Mm-hmm. So a really cool, great system. And I think just a really, uh, uh, like a positive portrayal of for-profit prisons, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Bioware was like, 
do you guys do we should we do the prison industrial complex yeah okay yeah, yeah um, for sure for sure <laughs> um yeah so it just absolutely fucked vibes on this whole yeah. place uh and then they yeah. only get worse it's as a really walk. interesting concept yes so, yeah i think like, so how do we make the most fucked up prison possible yeah it's really good yeah i uh and then as you walk on alone you immediately come across a guard like brutalizing a convict um to which Gortney convinced the one guard to like stop so they did did Jin intervene at all Jin did intervene um he he did did have them stop that's again doesn't like authority Mm, yeah okay so yeah uh it's just absolutely rancid vibes uh so then you continue on you can talk to another prisoner just kind of about like how the prison works and like what their uh uh what life is like on the prison and he just says mm-hmm. it's bad it's very bad yeah uh and then you walk into this room and right uh, oh yeah i also just want to say if you ask anyone about jack they're like holy shit that is like the meanest motherfucker <laughs> in here yeah even the one of the prisoners that you talk to he's like can you take me with you if you're buying a prisoner like i'll you know i'll come with you and and when you say uh, sorry we're only here for jack he's like oh you're taking jack don't I don't want to fucking go with you. <laughs> I'll stay in prison before I'll go anywhere with Jack. Yeah, it's very, very good stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so then you walk into this room and a door opens up. And right before you right before you walk through the door, the warden chimes in and is like, hello, you're more valuable as a prisoner uh, than than Jack is as as like a, a money making thing. So please just walk into this cell we've opened for you mm-hmm. and we'll and we'll lock you up, which is the stupidest <laughs> fucking thing yeah. why would you say yeah. anything before they walk into the well i think the idea is you can tell it's a cell right yeah. it's just like this little room so i don't know if if you would have walked in at that I point oh man i don't know if i was paying close enough attention um <laughs> yeah so so <laughs> yeah, it's just so funny and so then you know you're forced to fight your way out uh and mm-hmm. as you're fighting your way out jack who for some reason was being thawed no so we do it uh, so we we fight our you fight your way in oh and right okay okay you okay. enter this room basically that controls like the the cryo whatever kill the the guy who's in there and you have like a little bit of dialogue with your squad mates where it's like okay let's get jack out of here yeah, yeah, yeah. um and so like this like thing opens and like jack is raised out and it turns out the jack who gender has never been mentioned <laughs> yeah. and the game is clearly trying to fake you out into thinking it's like this big tough guy mm-hmm. which is absolutely what i i admit mm-hmm. i envisioned when i first played the game and by the way i did this mission with grunt and zaid which is like a fun combo nice. and out comes this woman wearing basically no clothing uh at least on top she's like like pants on but her her top quote is just a series of belts that cover only the necessary bits um and everything else is just out for show she's covered in tattoos um she is bald uh like shaved completely shaved head full makeup in cryo i guess that's just how she was put in there yeah (laughs) and as she raises up uh I know I've done this mission with Garrus a lot, and he goes, that's Jack. Um, In this case, Grunt goes, Jack is small. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. 
And then as she sort of comes to, she immediately busts out of her restraints. Um, and I think there are like mechs in there who are like there to, you know, uh, make sure she she doesn't get away. But um, she immediately destroys them. Mm-hmm. And Grunt like laughs and is like, oh, this is great. I, I got to see more of this. <laughs> I want to, you know, I want to see how far she can go. And so we we go after her because now it is it, there is danger of her like destroying the ship. Yeah. Um, so we got to go get her. Yeah. So she's like this biotic super weapon, basically. Yeah. Um, so it's just like blowing holes through walls and people and and uh, really, really causing a lot of chaos. Uh, so you shoot your way through. You finally kill the warden. And and then uh, you meet Jack, uh, who is like, fuck you. Why should I trust you? Mm-hmm. And Shepard was like, she hates Cerberus. She hates Cerberus. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what it is. And Shepard's like, well. I'm your only way off. So <laughs> mm-hmm. like you've destroyed enough of the ship that it is like not going to make it. Yeah. Um, meanwhile, I think like uh, other prisoners have like managed to escape. Yes. So like th- it's just turmoil. Like this is your only way off the ship. Yeah. When you when you open Jack's cryo thing, you you inadvertently open the entire cell. Oh, block. that's what yeah. it is. Yeah. Yeah. So so there are just prisoners and 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 blue suns everywhere. Mm hmm. But you convince Jack to come with you and that's uh, you fly away, fly away, fly away, fly away. Yeah. Well, she she asks you, she says, oh, I'll yes. come with you if you let me see Cerberus's files. Yeah, I forgot that because um, I want to see I want to see what they have on me. Yeah. Uh, so then on the ship, Miranda is giving Jack like a on this ship, we follow orders pep talk. Mm-hmm. And she and Jack is like, OK, I would like to see all your files. Uh, <laughs> and you have the option to say, like, no, I was just lying to you. Mm hmm. But but Courtney was like, oh, yeah, you can Miranda, give her give her all the files. Uh, and yeah, and Jack, Jen also let her look yeah. at the files. He's like, I don't give a shit about this. Yeah. Like. Yeah. And, and Jack was like, oh, it looks like we're going to be spending a lot of time together, Miranda. Uh, it's very funny. Uh, and then holes up in the like lowest part of engineering. <laughs> Uh, yeah, uh, far away from everybody. And, and yeah, so now we're back on the Normandy doing some, uh, you know, a Normandy walkabout. And Morden has nothing new to say. Jacob, when I ask, like, what do you think of the crew uh, up until this point has been like, oh, well, we need specialists in every whatever. Uh, but mm-hmm. this time basically says, like, you know, we have the people, but we need the loyalty. So, you know, it's just like the make sure you do everybody's loyalty missions. Mm hmm. Uh, I went and checked in with Joker and, you know, every time you go and talk with Joker, he's like, this thing won't let me break rules, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. And, you know, she's like, well, you're lying on reports, et cetera, et cetera. He's like, I'm just uh, being creative with numbers. This time he says he says something and Edie is like, he, he's like, she's going to like report me to to whatever, like the, the higher ups. And Edie's like, no, I was like being hyperbolous. Like, I'm not actually going to mm-hmm. do that. And, and Courtney's like, oh, you've been you just got clowned by the fucking A.I on the ship yeah, you dummy the ai just made a joke at <laughs> yeah it was really funny so he's like i didn't mean to cause any dis- any distress i was just trying i thought that was like your preferred method of communication or something <laughs> it's really good you i headed down to the cargo bay where grunt was and he says that the cargo bay is too open to attack there's not enough armor uh and that <laughs> you know he, he he had been programmed basically to like look or, or god not even look he knows the schematics of everything like every mm-hmm. every ship that currently exists uh because he was fed that in his tube i guess he's like yeah this is where we would start the attack because it is like the least armored <laughs> part of the ship and then he 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 says like you know 
he's learned all this stuff uh, and he says like holding a book for a child just remember this picture after picture no help with finding reasons to care um mm-hmm. so it was just like he was just being shown like you know ship schematics and and you know all this stuff just being fed all this information but doesn't have uh, uh doesn't feel any purpose with any of mm-hmm. it which is just so good it's so good yeah oh, hi. i'm so excited for you to do grunt's loyalty mission I'm too i think you're gonna really, really love the direction it goes yeah, in i have to imagine well i don't want to say anything i don't want you to make a face or anything no, I, I'll I'll be completely. I'll turn my camera off <laughs> while you explain to me what you think it might be. Yeah, well, so as as I talk to him more here, you know, he he basically um, wants to like he 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 talks about the Krogan that had died are stronger than he is because at least they had to try. Um, he was just born and like is perfect. And he says that he wants to try to find a reason to care about the Krogan. Uh, so I think his loyalty mission is probably going to be like heading to Tachanka and like, I don't know, getting Rex to tell him why Krogan are cool, um, which I'm very, very excited about and, and hopeful. But at the very least, I do think we're, we're heading to Tachanka uh, for Grunt's for Grunt's mission. You can turn your camera back on now. <laughs> Uh, okay. He also has this great line um, when he's talking about like the ways he learned things like he learned the best way to kill stuff. He says he says humans are like there's like a one inch space between their like skin <laughs> and their spine. So they're mm-hmm. like really soft and easy to kill. And he says, you know, Asari, uh, whatever. He, he just names a whole bunch of other races that like have the same issues. Uh, Asari, Salarians, something else. He says, Quarians, you have to get the knife in and move the blade. And then he says, not much point to it, though. And then he laughs and says, ha ha, point. Uh, like, he made a fucking <laughs> pun. Um, yeah. Which is really, really good. Uh, mm. I I love I love my son, my big lizard yeah. son. Or turtle, turtle son, I guess, maybe. Whatever. He's just a, he's a, he's perfect. He's, he's sun-shaped. He's um, unlike anything. He's sun-shaped. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's, he's great. I, I love him. I'm really looking forward to his whole story. Yeah. So then you head down to engineering all the way, all the way, all the way down in the depths of the ship. Jack is there, says that she's still finding out about herself mm-hmm. because basically uh, she was raised in a Cerberus research facility uh, and broke out as a kid um, mm-hmm. and is now just looking for the people who were responsible for doing stuff like for, for doing these experiments on her and stuff uh, because she wants to kill them. So mm-hmm. fun. <laughs> Great. Yeah. Uh, and then you're like, you can like go to a crew quarters we have space for you and she's like no i like it down here where it's dark and no one can find me and the the way that the the it's directed she's yeah. like fully cloaked in shadow it's very edgy yeah against like this red backdrop yeah it's good she also like when you're talking to her about this you know this research facility that she grew up in and you know what she wants to do about it mm-hmm. you can be like it seems like you've thought a lot about this. Mm. And um, she says, I go to sleep with this. I wake up with it. Everyone I kill, I pretend it's the ones who did this to me, mm-hmm. um, which I think is a really uh, well-written line. Yeah. There's a, a part where you can also say to her, what is it about killing that fascinates you oh, so much? Yeah. Um, and she goes, I figure every time somebody dies and it's not me, my chances of survival <laughs> go up. Also a great line. Um, and I just wanted to like touch on like Jack as a character. I think she's very interesting and I think she's very like well written. Mm. Like these are all really well written lines a lot of the time. But I do think (laughs) I think what I said to you was she feels like a corporation's idea of what a a, like, quote, edgy person is like a little bit. 
so it's it, there's a lot of hits and a lot of misses with Jack. Um, <laughs> and I think as we get to know her more, we can talk about what more of those are. Sure. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm less curious about Jack because, like you said, it feels like what a corporation thinks an edgy person is like. So it's like I was experimented mm-hmm. on as a child and now I want revenge. It's like, OK, that's kind of a I get it. You know, yeah, there's not a whole lot to unpack, like morals wise and stuff uh, there. Um but yeah, so then, yeah, ch- I checked in with uh, Kasumi and Zaid. Kasumi is like being ogled by just this guy on the ship. So she's like, I feel like maybe I have to walk around and be invisible, uh, which I wish mm-hmm. could have been like a real conversation. Yeah. Where, where Gortney could be like, you shouldn't have to walk around to be invisible. Yeah, let me like, reprimand. I'll talk to him. Yeah, like, rep- <laughs> let me reprimand this person. Um, but, you know, that's just not how the DLC works. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you talk to Zaid, who says like, do you smoke cigarettes? You shouldn't. Um <laughs> Which is really funny. I wrote in here, I don't know if this is a universal thing or or like a, 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 at least even like a United States national thing. I said Zaid is a dare educator. Um, And if you don't know what I had dare. Okay. If you don't know what dare is, it's, it's like a a, a elementary school, middle school program. Uh, Dare stands for drug abuse resistance education. Uh, So they would Mm -hmm. come in and like tell you not to do drugs and stuff. Yeah. It's very funny. Uh, But he, his reasoning is because he had, he knew a guy who smoked and flicked a butt somewhere and like lit like a, a, a tanker mm-hmm. on, on fire or something and exploded and like killed himself. Um, so he says, he says, don't smoke cigarettes. I really want if somebody would like to because uh, Zaid's already standing with his arms crossed. So if somebody wants to take Zaid and Photoshop him in place of the dare uh, <laughs> lion standing on the, yeah. the, the thing, I, I would love oh, to see perfect. that. And uh, I'm yeah. just going to make the executive decision. We will put that on our Twitter if it shows up. Um, mm-hmm. um, Zaid, I when I spoke to him, uh, he was like, Jack's a hell of a girl. Yeah. <laughs> he goes, uh, I could have used, I don't love the way that he phrases this. He goes, I could have used a destructive little bitch like that when we dropped into the Krogan DMZ. Oh my God. Um, and then like launches into another one of his uh, war stories. Very funny. Um, uh, but yeah, I, I like that Zaid likes Jack. Yeah. That tracks for me. That's good stuff. I also noted when talking to Kasumi that she has this like metropolitan accent, which like, <laughs> for those of you who don't know what that is, in like early film and stuff like you know breakfast at tiffany's and stuff the the, the movies with you know old school actors black and white they all have this manner of speaking that seems extremely unnatural for a regular human to talk <laughs> the like. mid-atlantic yeah accent. mid-atlantic metropolitan accent. is that what it is mid-atlantic um yeah it's just like so funny uh and that is like that is how cosby speaks um <laughs> It's really good. It's just an interesting choice. So then you, Kelly Chambers, Kelly Chambers, Chambers. tells you that you have a new mission or a new message from the elusive man uh, who wants to speak to you in the debriefing room. Mm -hmm. Uh, You also get a private message from from the elusive man or from Cerberus or whatever uh, after you wake up grunt. It's like probably not what we would have told you to do, but you're in charge. So go for it, I guess. Um, yeah, uh, Stephen in chat said that it was it had like the energy of a message from your landlord. Yeah, like oh no, not what I would do, but you know you're in charge. <laughs> it's, uh, your yeah. mission. Yeah, uh, <laughs> that's very funny. Uh, so then you head to the debriefing room and you debrief. Uh, or I guess you get briefed. We are briefing yeah. here. Um, and this is really cool because we know that, you know, Shepard only talks to the elusive man via hologram. And in the, the briefing room, there's like a table to sit at, presumably to take calls because like 
a hologram is in the middle of that table. Uh, but no, you hit the like, I would like to take a call button and the table descends into the ground mm-hmm. and uh, Shepard just walks onto it and is like scanned into the, the elusive man's chambers. It's awesome. Mm-hmm. It's so cool. Yeah. And also a nightmare, I imagine, to clean that table afterwards. Like there's got to be a sign in there that says like, do not eat off this table. I have stepped on it with my gross boots. Um <laughs> I didn't even think about that. <laughs> so yeah, you uh, uh, there's there's a meeting with the elusive man who tells you that a new human, not new, uh, another human colony has gone silent. He thinks that their comms have been compromised and that the uh, uh, a collector attack is imminent. Uh, he asks about uh, how far Morden has got with the anti-venom or whatever, uh, says he still kind of needs to work on it. Uh, and he also tells you that Ashley Williams has been stationed there uh, mm-hmm. and that it's pretty interesting. Uh, and then Shepard's like, oh, it's pretty interesting that there is uh, an alliance member on a colony in the Terminus systems, which is outside of Citadel space. Mm-hmm. He says, yeah, they must. I guess they're trying to create better alliances uh, with the the Citadel unaffiliated spaces. Uh, sure. Like, okay, cool. Um, but Tim thinks that it is like actually like some covert op to like do something. Uh, so oh, I wonder what that could be, Tim. I wonder I'm what... sure you don't know anything about that, <laughs> yeah. Tim. Yeah. Uh, so then uh, that, that's that's pretty much it. That's pretty much the whole mission. Um, uh, so I went and checked in with Morden, who's like, yeah, I don't have it fully figured out, but it's good enough. And <laughs> 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 he doesn't tell you until... So I took him and Garrus, Morden and Garrus, uh, to the mission at Horizon. Um, and I took... Chat chose... Yeah. Oh, shit. I didn't write it down. Oh, so we Garrus, we did end up taking Garrus um, just because it's fun to have Garrus on this mission mm-hmm. um, to see an old friend. Yes, that's what um, I thought too. And then I think chat chose, I think they chose Grunt and I ended up vetoing them <laughs> um, for this mission because I know this this mission ends with like a pretty tough fucking fight um and there are a lot of enemies with like shields mm-hmm. and and biotic barriers and all this stuff and i was like i need a biotic with me so i took miranda mm. yeah okay. sorry chat <laughs> um i've learned my lesson with this mission it is really tough although yeah. i i will say playing it on easy mode was such a relief <laughs> um yeah so morden doesn't tell you until you're on the planet he's like oh so it's not actually an anti-venom but like it should basically make us invisible um so we can't actually do anything to anybody who's like already been frozen but we should be okay it's like what yeah this seems like this is something you should have disclosed on the ship but okay oh i thought it was maybe i'm wrong i thought that it was always just supposed to be like this is a thing that will protect us from them i thought it was more a thing that was supposed to like counteract the like like a bug bite not the not like make them ignore you oh i thought it was just for us to make sure that we could go in there um and then and then i think the the line that he says when you get there is like i'm like pretty sure that it (laughs) should work (laughs) like like, there's no way to fully know so this will be like a real he says morden you sure these armor upgrades will protect us from the seeker swarms and morden says certainty impossible but in limited numbers should confuse detection make us invisible to swarms in theory in theory It's very yes, funny. There's a lot of there's a lot of hedging yeah. all of a sudden. Yeah. So but before we I jumped ahead a little bit because just because I wanted to get that more in line. But before that, we see a scene on Horizon of mm-hmm. Ashley Williams, uh, Yassified Ashley Williams. <laughs> um, yeah. Talking to a woman named Lilith, who is, I guess, the leader of this colony. Mm-hmm. And as they are talking, you know, about about feeling weird about the alliance being at this colony, uh, the collectors show up. 
uh, on their big gross ship and bugs start flying. What I had imagined these bugs looking like is not not what they look like because uh, no. I had thought they were just like it was like a they, they described them as like clouds and, and stuff. So I thought they were like like mosquito like tiny mosquito sized things that mm-hmm. would just like get be able to get through cracks and stuff. No, they're like head sized bugs. Yeah, they're big. They're humongous. Yeah. So they start freezing people. Also worth noting, um, this colony had recently been fitted with like turrets yes. that were provided by the Alliance to defend them. Um, and they were like having trouble calibrating them, which is supposedly why Ashley or if you save Caden, Caden was on this uh, this colony. Yeah. And the colonists deeply resent the Alliance interference and do not like Ashley or Caden. Mm, interesting. Yeah, I was curious if if any of this stuff changed if it was Caden, but it's all just it's all the same. It's all basically the same. Um, and I I checked in the dialogue when we get there is mostly the same. There are some differences which I've noted, and um, the the vibe is a little bit different. Which we'll <laughs> sure, it's a because di- there's a difference in their performance, which I think is good and correct yeah. because they're two different characters, yeah. and we can sort of discuss that when we get there. Cool. So yeah, we also see uh, a harbinger take over a collector, which is a very visceral thing. They like turn yeah. into weird, like their their whole body looks burned. It's very strange. Yeah, there it cuts between like what's happening on the ground and this like quote unquote harbinger who is like a, a little a creepy bug man yeah. collector because the bugs the collectors are very bug like yeah um, but this one is especially buggy <clears throat> <laughs> if anyone listens to a more civilized age this is definitely what natalie would characterize as an insect um over a bug um <laughs> <laughs> there's a whole thing where natalie has this thing where like some creatures are insects and some creatures are bugs and bugs are basically like cute and insects are like nasty crawly things <laughs> so um this thing is definitely an insect um but it is like we see it like tapping away at its little computer yeah. in in the, the collector ship um, and then occasionally says this whole, you know, assuming, uh, assuming control, control yeah. <laughs> and uh, assumes control of one of the collectors on the ground. Yeah. Um, and in this cut scene, it says we are the harbinger of their perfection. Yes. Prepare these humans for ascension. Yeah. If you weren't going to say it, I, I took note of it as well. Yeah, uh, really fucking ominous line. Uh, so then we arrive on the ship and there are or what we arrive on the planet and there are bugs everywhere but they are ignoring us so good job morden uh one point for morden so now he's only at negative 100 uh instead of negative 101 <laughs> uh so then you do a bunch of shooting and stuff the collectors have husks as well uh which yeah. i think garris is like oh it's like the husks from eden prime and gordney's like no those or maybe it's the opposite I don't know. Somebody's. I. I hmm. Yeah, I think one of your squad mates says, "Oh, it's like it's kind of like Eden Prime," um, which I think Garris said in mine, hmm. and uh, and Miranda was like, "No, there they were like on these spikes in yeah. the ground. It's like the collectors brought these husks with them. Yeah, like they have. So like they're a- not." Yeah, these are not like the colonists from Horizon who have been turned into husks. These are like husks that they brought. In their carry-ons yeah. with them to, <laughs> to yeah. this planet. Yeah, uh, and Gortney takes note that they are, like, advanced. Like, they've been 
mm-hmm. modified in some way, which I guess maybe is just like the game making an excuse for the AI on the husks being a bit smarter than it was in the last game. Yeah. Well, and they look a little bit different yeah. and they no longer just like vomit at you yeah, they when like when they reach you, they they attack you, which let me tell you, as an infiltrator who almost exclusively uses a sniper, mm. extremely annoying to have these guys get all up in my business. Yeah in melee range yeah uh it's rough yeah i i was basically just punching them that was like my mo when i saw them yeah um because it only takes two punches to knock them out it takes way too many yeah (laughs) i couldn't remember what button is b is melee attack b B, thank you or o if you're playing on playstation Um, yeah i am playing on playstation uh you do some fighting you hack into a door and you find this uh mechanic who basically is like I can't believe the Alliance has done this. Them sending Ashley here made us a target. You know, this is why I left council space. Yeah. Uh, This guy also has like the worst New York accent I've ever heard. (laughs) That's so funny. I didn't even clock that. It's like, what are you doing here? (laughs) Uh, He tells you. Yeah. He says that Ashley came to oversee or uh, uh, to check in on the defense lasers and stuff. Uh, He says the targeting systems are fucked. So like. They were completely pointless to put like we've got guns that can't mm-hmm. shoot straight. So what was the fucking point of making us a target? Shepard's like, OK, well, I'll take care of that. That's great. And then uh, you leave him. He's like, OK, well, when you leave, I'm locking the doors again because fuck you. <laughs> um, there is an option to like ask him to come with you, which I I didn't do. I'm not sure if that like he, he he's doesn't. like, fuck, no, yeah. I'm not going out there. Yeah. I saw what happened to everybody else. Yeah. So then you show up uh, in this like main area uh uh and you're you're trying to use those laser towers to shoot the collector ship yeah um and so you like you manage to get through to Edie and Edie's like okay I can work on it and fix it yeah but I need I need time you're just gonna have to like defend for a little bit uh yeah so Edie's trying to get the guns back on uh and then a big bug <laughs> big bug shows up uh and you have to shoot it interestingly yeah. uh or interesting to note that like halfway through these battles um the collector on the ship starts assuming control uh, right. uh every wave of enemies there's one that's like supercharged by mm-hmm. the uh uh collector prime or whatever he's called mm-hmm. um and they I, I i managed to pick up one of their laser guns uh, which do great. Yes. On I those guys. love those guns. Yeah, yeah. It's really good. Uh, cuts right through those barriers and that armor and turns up, turns those guys to dust. Mm hmm. Um, yeah. Uh, Harbinger also like when he's out there um, <laughs> on the battlefield is just saying like the most sinister, yeah. like ominous stuff yeah. like like, oh, I will. Uh, I don't even remember, but it's um, just awful. Yeah. I'm trying to. He was like, "This hurts, doesn't it?" Yeah, something like My that. D- attacks will destroy you. Yeah, he's like, like, "I know you can hear this." It's like very, yeah. very ominous. So then uh, you shoot Big Bug, and they explode. And then that's, I guess, after the guns come back on, and you start shooting the ship. Then a big bug shows up, and then you kill that mm-hmm. big bug. And then, uh, and then Ashley shows up, uh, and uh, they shoot the ship, and the ship leaves. The ship does fly away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it it has taken some of the colony, but it it hasn't gotten all of the colonists. Yeah. So it's it's like it's not a complete win, but it's a pretty yeah. good start in fighting back against the collectors. Which the mechanic is very indignant about. He's like, they got half the colony. Yeah. I can't fucking believe you. It's like this is the best yeah. we could do. Maybe relax. <laughs> yeah really so then ashley shows up with uh one of the the colony members and they're like oh my gosh is that commander shepherd and ashley's like they're not just 
uh, whatever, they're a god, which makes me very uncomfortable. <laughs> I don't remember the god thing. I uh, She might say that. It's it's like they she comes in while you're talking to the mechanic mm. and the mechanic is like, like, who even are you? And you're like, oh, I'm Commander Shepard. He's like, wait, I've heard. OK, I've heard of you. And and then Ashley walks in yeah. and is like, yeah, you're talking to like a legend back from the dead yeah. or something. Maybe it was a God back from the dead yeah. or something like that. Um, yeah. Cause I think he calls you like, Oh, she's like, Oh, you're some like Alliance hero or something. And she's right. like, not just a hero, a God um, who's back from the dead. <laughs> and she's very, very upset that you did not yes. call her. Yeah. She's like, why didn't you tell me you were alive? And you're like, I just woke up. <laughs> I was dead for two years. <laughs> yeah. It's just like, does she not know that her 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 operations are like being kept super secret like how the fuck am i supposed to get in contact with you when i don't even know where you right. are right. anyway yeah uh she has uh been privy to some alliance intel that has said that cerberus is actually responsible for the disappearance of the colonies um mm-hmm. and, and that's why the alliance was sent out here because they thought horizon might be next yeah so some shit happens you guys throw some some insults back and forth <laughs> Yeah, I I took some more detailed notes on on this one. So I'm like, yeah, I'm trying, you know, I'm trying to save human colonies. And and she's like, um, oh, it just says the alliance turned its back on on the fact that colonies are going missing. And Cerberus is the only one that's doing something about it. Um, And she's like, wow. So it's true. You are working for Cerberus. Um, And when she mentions that alliance intel, too, she was like, uh, I I think she said, like, there were rumors that, like, you were alive. Right. And and working with them. And I didn't want to believe it. And Garrus is like, oh, so you you already knew. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, you're like, oh, you know, Cerberus is the only one who's doing anything about this. And Ashley says they talk about putting humans first, but at what cost? How could you just turn your back on all of us? You betrayed the Alliance. You betrayed Anderson. You betrayed me. And so Jin says you're letting your feelings about them get in the way of facts. I did not choose the emotion line. Oof. I did because Jin is a piece of shit right now. Um, (laughs) What what did Gortney say at that moment? Do you remember what the line was? Oh, I don't remember exactly, but I remember the choice being like, like you're too emotional <laughs> it's literally the choice yeah it's like let me explain or you're being too emotional which is like yeah man that is not <laughs> that is not yeah. what you should say and then ash says maybe you feel like you owe them because you they saved you but it doesn't matter i still know where my loyalties lie i'm an alliance soldier it's in my blood yeah. this is where Caden's voice acting or voice line is a little bit different oh. and i want to now talk about the difference in the acting ashley is just like blazing mad at you yeah. in in this scene yeah. and kaden is definitely angry too but the way kaden's voice actor plays him i i think kaden's voice actor is incredible and the way that he plays this scene is like if ashley is at a full boil kaden is at like a simmer mm. where like he's angry but he's like he's holding it together a little bit but in a way that's very like i'm not I mean, he is mad, but it's like there's a lot of disappointment and just like, oh, it's it's really I think having now seen both of them and maybe it's just because I like Caden more as a character than I like Ashley. But I do think that the Caden version of the scene hits harder for me Mm. just in terms of like like I was the first time I played this, I was devastated that he was so upset with me. Oh, my God. And um. 
<laughs> I mentioned this um, on stream yesterday, but when you were playing this mission, you said to me, oh, I'm going to go get Ashley. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, no, you're not because <laughs> uh, you cannot get Ashley or Caden from this mission. They do not join your team. Yeah. Uh, in Mass Effect 2. And yeah, it's I, I when I first played it, I, I was really, really devastated by the fact that like not only do they fake you out that you think you're going to get, you know, another old squad mate back and you don't. But um, the squad mate is very, very upset with yeah. you. And it just uh, it really got me in the feels. Yeah, I was um, um, that immediately caught me off guard because like when you meet Garrus, it's like, oh, it's good to see you again, Garrus. And he's like, yeah, good to see you, too. So I chose mm-hmm. the it's good to see you again, Ashley. And she's like, fuck you. Fuck you. I cannot <laughs> believe you're acting like nothing. Like it hasn't been two years and you just abandoned mm-hmm. me. Um, yeah. Which just was a real tone setter for that whole scene. Yeah. Uh, really good. Yeah. So so anyway, that that line from Caden um, is maybe you feel like you owe them because they saved you. Maybe you're the one not thinking straight. You've changed. But I still know where my loyalties lie i'm an alliance soldier always will be Mm. and the way that he delivers that line i still know where my loyalties lie is like much more measured whereas ashley's like i still know where my loyalties lie um which i think is a really it's a good characterization because yeah of course ash is extremely loyal to the to the alliance because like she says it's in her blood that's like part of her backstory whereas with Caden it's a little bit less like you know I love the alliance so much (laughs) but it's like I like this is where my loyalties are because I'm not ever fucking (laughs) joining Cerberus yeah yeah. so yeah so so they they both say I've got to report back to the Citadel you know it's up to them whether they believe your story and you get the option to then say you know, I could really use you on my crew. And Ash says, I'm no fan of aliens, but Cerberus has a history of being extremist. Yeah. Which is so like, it's so like, listen, I'm a racist too, but I don't, I, I'm not so overt about it. And so I'm a racist, but I would never be a Nazi. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. I said, I said she draws her supremacist line at Cerberus. And then in my notes, Mm -hmm. I sent the gif of Lucille from Arrest Development saying, good for her. (laughs) Um. Yeah. Uh, So she says that line. She says, I'll never work for a group like that. Goodbye, Shepard. Just try to be careful. Caden's line is, um, I'll never work for Cerberus. Goodbye, Shepard. And be careful. He doesn't, he does not (laughs) say anything about being a racist yeah so yeah it's just it's just such a different vibe to the point that like the reason why i actually went back and compared notes is that i didn't remember caden saying lines like you know i know where my loyalty Mm. is and you betrayed us i didn't remember him even saying those lines Mm. because it's delivered in such a different way where it's like you know, with her, it's just pure anger. Yeah. And with him, it's more like, I just I can't believe what you're doing. Yeah. Like, how, like, how could you, you know? Yeah. Um, and it's oh, very fun now to finally see see the other side of it. Nice. You're welcome. <laughs> um, yeah, it's 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 good. It's heavy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a lot. God, I miss Caden. Mm. <sighs> um, so you you go back and debrief yeah. with him Mm -hmm. and it turns out you're like you know it was interesting they said they had some intel about cerberus being responsible and that's how they ended up out here and whatever um and tim's like yeah so actually 
I may have tipped off Cerberus or of the alliance that you were working with Cerberus. I wanted to lure the collectors. Yeah. It's like I may have strategically dropped some news that right. you, like Jesus, man. Because he he suspected that the collectors were either looking for Shepard or people connected to Shepard. Yeah. And so he was like, well, if I make it so that someone connected to Shepard is like conveniently on a human colony. Maybe that'll be the colony that gets hit next. Yeah. And he was right. Yeah. And he's he's justifies it like they were going to take another colony eventually. I just, you know, made it so that we could predict which one. <laughs> yeah. And now, like, we actually delivered kind of a blow to them. Mm -hmm. Um and so he says, all right, we're going to look for a way through the Omega-4 relay so we can do this. Mm -hmm. But the team has to be committed. So, you know, work on that. And in the meantime, while we're trying to figure this out, keep building your team. I've got three more dossiers for you. Yeah. And when you finish that conversation, Jacob is there and he <laughs> says, um, you know what, I'm going to I guess we are we're doing this. We're doing this suicide mission. I'm going to take care of some unfinished business and get some closure. And I have a feeling the rest of the team is going to do the same, which is uh, the game setting up the concept of the loyalty missions, which are everybody is expecting that they might die on this mission. And so they are, you know, trying to take care of a few like last wishes yeah. type things so Bucket that they list. can focus fully <laughs> on the mission. Yeah. <laughs> so every, every spoiler alert, uh, they're like the darkest buck bucket lists out there. <laughs> So that is the end of the Horizon mission. Uh, and before we wrap up today, we had been notified that we got a message from Commander Hackett uh, mm -hmm. from the Alliance. Uh, and we go to take it in our personal quarters. Uh, and he basically tells you that there is uh, someone he knows, a good friend of his named Amanda Kenson, uh, who had found evidence of an imminent Reaper invasion uh, in a Batarian complex while she was deep undercover. But she got discovered and now her life is in danger and he would like us to rescue her. And he says, do it for me, uh, which I think is a very interesting thing um, mm -hmm. that he feels like he needs to reach out to somebody who was like fully disconnected from the alliance in order right. to like do do this for him right uh so she's at a, a hidden out outpost in aratot aratot and that is kim told me before we started recording that is the seed for the uh what is the mission called uh arrival dlc the arrival dlc uh which i'll do someday mm -hmm. yeah uh so that's that's it that is the episode we have played the video game we've done these things yes. uh i love the, this game it's so much fun. Yeah, I I was really excited for you to to see everything with Ash and just wondering if you have any final thoughts on that. Yeah, no, I mean, it's 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 really interesting. I think it's it's having having Ashley or Caden be like loyal to the Alliance and not to Shepard, mm -hmm. I think is makes total sense, but is like yeah. kind of a blow yeah. because the rest of the squad uh you know i mean i mean the rest of the squad quote unquote uh like joker and garris are like yeah mm -hmm. and, and shockwest are like yeah i'm here with you like right i i just want to be here with you because i respect the things that you're doing fuck the alliance mm -hmm. um yeah i'm i'm glad that you brought that up too because i think that that is one way i mean joker has a line kind of where he's like oh I, it's funny who you run into like was everything okay with with Ashley mm -hmm. and you can kind of be like, yeah, you know, it's it, it is what it is. Or you can be like, it didn't go well and I'm very <laughs> sensitive about <laughs> it, which is what Jin did. But 
I was really devastated when I first played and I couldn't talk to Garrus about it. That was like really, which, sorry, I guess that's a spoiler for you because I'm realizing now you have That's fine. Gone. Um, but yeah, Garrus does not have any special lines Whoa. about this, um, about the fact that you run into Ashley, which is even more insane considering that it, like you can bring him on the mission yeah. and obviously we both did i found that a really glaring omission in in the writing of the game yeah. to not have a, a moment to like debrief with your old friend about the fact that your other old friend just like told you to get fucked basically yeah um <laughs> Yeah, I, I I like distinctly remember feeling like, oh, my God, I can't believe Caden is so mad at me. I got to talk to Garrus and him going in and being like, I'm not now. I'm in the middle of some calibrations. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, stop calibrating and talk to wow. me. Wow. Um, yeah. So, yeah, that's that's kind of a, a big bummer. But everything else about this mission, I think, hits really hard. Yeah, it's very good. It's very good. And great, great voice acting on on the part of both ash and caden's voice actors yeah um sick so yeah it's good stuff i um am curious if i'm going to see ashley again i have to imagine at some point i will but hey maybe not i don't know uh so yeah that's uh that's the episode for today thank you all so much for listening yeah, thank you. Something I've uh, uh, omitted saying the last few episodes, if you like the show, share it with a friend or rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, whatever podcast aggregate uh, rating system you can. Um, but honestly, the the thing that helps us most is telling a friend or tweeting about the show or even just retweeting our tweets about the show. I think our Twitter's yeah. pretty funny. We don't tweet a whole lot, but when we do, <laughs> Kim has made a very funny picture. Um, so I think, <laughs> I think you should see Usually. you should see those funny pictures that Kim makes. <laughs> I'm really, I don't know if anyone has noticed, but I'm really, really good at editing pictures. It's like graphic design is my passion, passion level. Yeah. I, so. look, you make full <laughs> use of the Canva tool set. You really, really fucking... That's not even... I don't even use Canva most of the time. Most of the time I'm using fucking micro, uh, Apple Preview. Oh my god, wow. Yeah. Good for you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm slumming it over here in terms of my uh, uh, picture editing software, <laughs> but we make it work. We make it work uh, for you, dear listener. So rate and review us highly um and if you don't like the show don't listen to it anymore because you shouldn't listen to things you don't like dummy yeah Um, don't don't anyway don't waste your time (laughs) listening to my stupid ass yeah uh you can follow us on twitter at async pod uh thank you so much to scout wilkinson for making our wonderful art you can follow her at the links below uh her coffee page her twitter that's all there you can also buy amaranthan's music on his Bandcamp, which is also linked below and i do believe his twitter is there as well uh if you would like to follow me on Twitter, I'm at AJ Falleri. I'm at Okimis. Also, if you want to watch me stream the game before we talk about it, uh, follow me on twitch.tv slash Okimis. Nice. Yeah, that link is also, and that's at the top of the show notes. That's before even our, our social links. Uh, so so follow uh, Kim over there to see. I've mostly been doing Saturday nights. Mm. But 
it, it next week will probably not be or this coming Saturday I probably won't be streaming so I might be doing uh, Friday because Saturday I have a baby shower that's probably going to devolve into a lot of drinking so not for the mother obviously anyway um. <laughs> for the baby um, for the baby yeah uh, uh, so yes you can follow Kim on Twitch uh, and something I don't usually say that I maybe I should say once in a while I am a podcast producer by trade uh, yeah. so I produce other podcasts including Into the Aether and Frog of the Week uh, which are both a part of the Worst Garbage uh, Network uh, the link to the worstgarbage.online which will lead you to those shows and the community discord is at the bottom of the show notes I also produce and host uh, or co-host a show called 10 Very Big Books where we talk about the Malazan Book of the Fallen series uh, it's an extremely dense and large fantasy novel series uh, we're about to start book 9 in October and we'll be done book 10 by next July or something and so this is going to be weird because that's been a constant in my life since wow. before COVID very very strange wow. Uh, very, very strange to have that uh, uh, kind of closing out. But if you're interested in that at all, uh, that is at 10 Very Big Books on Twitter, uh, and you can just search 10 Very Big Books on whatever. We're also on YouTube now, which is fun. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> too, too much about my other shows. Also, really quick, at the end, uh, so I guess the Monday following this episode, I will be on a special bonus episode of Into the Aether talking about my favorite game ever. Paper Mario for the N64. Uh, so that will be out. We recorded the episode last night. It'll probably be a, around three hours. So if you're ready to oh just hear God. me yell for a while, uh, Hell yeah. longer than I usually do on this show, uh, <laughs> please tune in to that on Monday. So excited um, for that. Yeah, I'm really, really excited to be on it. It was a great time to record. Thank you, Brendan and Steven. And now that is it. The show is over. Kim, do you have any final words for us today? I, I sure do. Uh, we are the harbinger of podcast perfection. Prepare these listeners for ascension. Yeah! Woo! All right. Bye, everybody. Redeemed my terrible job last week. Goodbye. <laughs> See ya. <laughs> Worst garbage, the online.